In today's podcast, I am sharing the power of crying. And as an almost self-professed non-crier myself, this episode was so much deeper for me than any I have recorded so far. This episode taught me the power of releasing on not just a physical, but on an energetic level as well. And how much emotion and energy is held in our tears. When you release, you heal. It's that simple. Let's get started. episode of the Live Mindfully podcast, the podcast that invites us all to pause, take a deep breath, and just take a minute to consider what it is to show up as our most honest, our most present, our most mindful version of ourselves that we can each day. So today I am sharing the power of crying. And when I first saw this title, The Power of Crying, When You Release, You Heal on Elephant Journal, I was so intrigued. And then I was really deflated (laughs) as I came to realize that, sadly, the title focused more on their newest offering of online therapy than on any real research paying homage to the title. But that title intrigued me and I wanted to investigate it further. Now this morning I remembered a scene from Grace and Frankie from the very first episode season one episode one and it's this absolutely hilarious scene. My goal as I age is to be like this beautiful synthesized version of them both but in episode one right at the end both women Frankie on purpose and Grace by accident take peyote and they're sitting on the beach And Frankie starts to cry and Grace sees one of Frankie's tears and lifts it off her cheek and looks at it very closely and turns to Frankie and says, there's a whole world in here. Wow. And it's true. That lands with me as truth. And I've now discovered that it is scientifically true too. Our tears, our emotional tears, are chemically different to our other types of tears. We have three different types of tears. One is basal tears, which are the tears that lubricate the eyes all the time. They lubricate, nourish and protect your cornea. We also have reflex tears, which are the times when your eyes water from smoke or you've got an eyelash stuck in there or, you know, onions. Emotional tears, however, these tears are released only when we are in times of deep sadness or high stress, frustration, anger, disappointment and loss. Emotional tears contain proteins and hormones And they've done preliminary testing on this. And as I always do when I quote research, I have provided all of the links in the show notes. In particular, the preliminary research shows an increase in levels of prolactin, 
which in and of itself has hundreds of physiological functions in the body, including in production, breastfeeding, metabolic processes, regulation of the immune system and behavioral functions. Prolactin plays a role in a lot of stuff. And it goes up and down, like all of them that I'm going to mention here. They all go up and down. And having too much or too little of any of these are going to create health problems. But the body should naturally increase and decrease all of the different chemicals in the body as and when it's required. So when dopamine levels are higher... And if we remember, dopamine is our naturally occurring neurotransmitter that gives us all those yummy feelings of pleasure and satisfaction and motivation. When dopamine is high, prolactin is low. When prolactin is high, it means that dopamine is low. And based on what I found, as it relates back to crying, prolactin seems to help you reach that state of needing that kind of an emotional release. And if you are a woman, you are just in general producing more prolactin. Another hormone found in tears is leuenkephalin. And leuenkephalin is a fascinating one. It's a natural painkiller. It's a natural opioid produced by the body. Its job is to reduce your perception of pain and to reduce your response to whatever stressful situation is causing you to cry. It also dulls the sympathetic nervous system response. In a lot of ways, it is your body's attempt to get the logical part of your brain to switch back on. So in low concentrations, it also has immune building benefits, which might help to explain why when we are really stressed or we are experiencing grief or sadness in those initial stages, we are less likely to catch a cold. The next hormone found in our tears is adrenocorticotropic hormone, also known as ATCH. Now, this hormone is also quite fascinating. It is very similar to leuenkephalin. It's produced by the pituitary gland and its function is to stimulate the production and release of cortisol. And cortisol is an essential hormone in our body. Cortisol does a lot of stuff. It regulates blood sugar blood pressure, it regulates the immune system, and most importantly, it regulates our response to stress. Most of us have heard about cortisol in a negative context. When you have too much cortisol, it's very, very bad for stress. But, and that's one of the reasons why we know cortisol as almost the stress hormone, But in the right levels, it has the ability to impact and regulate almost every organ and tissue in the body, including helping the body distribute and use glucose, sugars and fat stores. It is also needed to help your body function in that moment of fight or flight. And I've said this in previous episodes, cortisol gets a bad rap, but it only gets a bad rap because most of us have 
too much of it. In this setting, your body is releasing cortisol through tears, thus reducing cortisol levels. And so I love this. If you think about it, ATCH, the adrenocorticotropic hormone, prepares your body and mind for what you're going to need to do when emotional tears present. But Lewin-Kefalin comes online to reduce your perception of pain and switch on your logical brain so you can do what needs to be done. Prolactin comes in to help you cry because you are having a human experience and you're experiencing all of these things and we can't, or at least we shouldn't, store this stuff in the body. So prolactin goes, hey, we've got an increase in cortisol, let's cry. And we all know that feeling of when we're like fighting back tears, like it's virtually impossible to not cry when you're really, really upset. And that's because of prolactin. But it doesn't just stop there, my friends. (laughs) Because then the elements of potassium and magnesium show up too. So potassium, again, has a lot of functions in the body. And we're, we're learning this stuff every day. I mean, we're, this is very active research that's happening at this very moment. One of its key functions, potassium's key functions, is to move nutrients and waste around the body's cell. And so emotions do get stored as waste in the body. It helps to regulate fluid balance, nerve signals, and most importantly, muscle contractions, including those in the heart and those, of course, needed in fight or flight modes. But what I found interesting is that when potassium is dissolved in water, it produces positively charged eons. And these eons induce a drowsy, tired and lethargic state. And when we have a good cry, that's usually how we feel. We feel exhausted. And potassium plays a big role in reducing those feelings of anxiousness or tension and inducing a relaxed state in the muscles and therefore throughout the whole body. Our final mineral found in tears is magnesium. Now, most of us know magnesium as a muscle relaxant. In fact, if you are aware of the mineral magnesium, it is most likely because you are taking a supplement either as a muscle relaxant or for its ability to calm and stabilize the central nervous system. So said in another way, magnesium is really good at reducing and making us more resistant to stress and increasing a low mood state. In fact, potassium and magnesium are often used together to treat mental health. All of this, all of that is happening in a single tear. 
I'm blown away by that. And it's not just in tears from sadness. These same chemicals are found in tears of joy, of elation, of when we watch our little ones dancing on a stage and we feel so proud that we start to cry. You know, grace is right. There is a whole world in one single tear. And simply by releasing those tears, you are releasing so much stored in the body. And this is just what we have the capabilities to test at the moment. Every day, scientists are conducting more tests and completing more research into crying because it was once dubbed by none other than evolutionist Charles Darwin as a purposeless activity. And I think many of us, especially those like myself in the non-crier cohort, we don't realize how powerful a single tear is. My main thinking is that I could cry or I could get on with it. And now I'm realizing that crying is an important step in ensuring my body isn't storing excess stress hormones, which are linked with a number of low-grade inflammatory diseases like cancer and depression and fibromyalgia and motor neuron disease. There is also a whole other side to this research um, that I could not fit in this episode. So this episode is now part one of a part two series. Next week, I will share with you why we cry and in particular, why some of us cry a lot and why some of us, like myself, need to be really upset before the tears flow. And this side of things is also really fascinating because The truth is that when we cry, we release a lot and that in turn keeps us well or helps us heal. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. That was a lot of information to digest. (laughs) Give it a day. Go and have a good cry. Meditate do yoga nidra, move your body in some nourishing way, have a big glass of water and try to get to bed early tonight. Make it a plan to go to bed before 10. This week I have included some bonus content. It is my most requested visualization in my live classes and it is titled Rainforest Visualization. You can access it right here within your favorite podcast platform. In fact, it will come up next if you've got autoplay enabled. Have a great week. I'll see you again next week. Until then, take good care of yourself. 